0: And the uh, first chapter, 1 Corinthians 1. We've been on a, a topic, a series, for a few weeks now entitled Faith in the Power. Faith in the Power. 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 18 says the uh, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of god people who mock the gospel and teaching and preaching and real church and those kind of things that's evidence they're lost Can you see that? It's foolishness to people who are perishing. Verse 19, for it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God has ordained that you get saved from hearing and believing and acting on preaching. He's ordained that that's how it happens. How many of that's how you got saved? You you heard something. You believed it. You acted a, Well, that's everybody. Everybody. And the world, unsaved world, they mock at this. They call it foolishness. They call it the, a crutch for the weak-minded religion and all these things. But they're the ones who are foolish. Amen. And it's going to be shown in time to come that all of their supposed learning and wisdom is going to be brought to nothing. He said, verse 22, the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So he's, he's talking about power and wisdom. Wisdom and power. And he talks about two groups in in at this time and in this place were Jewish people and Greek Gentile people, and these groups are still with us today. Those who seek intellectual advancement and those who believe in the reality of spiritual power, and um, these these are still with us today. Uh, Some folks, you know, the more education they got, they decided spirits are not real and this dimension doesn't exist and God's not real and all that. It does, but if you believe it doesn't and you separate and segregate yourself from it, then to you it'll be like there is no God. But he said Christ is both. He is the wisdom of God, and he is the power of God. And the gospel is the power of God to those who believe. How many uh, have experienced that the truth can make you free? Look in the second chapter here, 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. He said, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save or except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And he says, why, the next verse, um, that, or so that, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But, in other words, your faith would stand in the power of God. And he reveals what he was relying on. For the people to be enlightened and to be saved and healed and delivered and all those things. He said, I, I'm i going to paraphrase a little bit. I wasn't relying on how well I could speak. I wasn't relying on my knowledge or my understanding. whats What's he relying on? The power of God to show up and do it. Can you see this? The power of God, I know some years ago uh, well actually all the way back to my childhood, my uh, grandmother was a secretary and treasurer and uh, Sunday school teacher for the local Pentecostal church there for i don 't know sixty years and uh, uh, so we uh we believed in. Manifestations of power. Pentecostal people believe in the power. (laughs) Sometimes that's that's all they believe in. (laughs) You you need to have a a greater emphasis even on the Word. The Word of God. Because uh, not everything that's spiritual is God. But uh, anyway, um, they, they and we believed in being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues, but we had no teaching really on receiving. Uh, we just tarried, and sometimes somebody would receive and sometimes they wouldn't. And so uh, I tarried many times over the course of my uh, youth and and late teens and everything, and, and did not receive. And so uh, finally, by the grace and help of God, I got a hold of Brother Kenneth E. Hagin's books. And one of them was uh, How to Receive the Holy Spirit. And, and I acted on that and received and spoke in tongues. And But for me, it was, um, it was a bit of an arduous process to get there. Now, one of the things that struck me when I finally received the spoken tongues, I thought, I could have been doing this years ago. I, I thought wrong. I believed wrong. And so because of that, I, uh, uh, when I got into the ministry, and it came time for me to minister to people to be filled with the Spirit, it was an area that I lacked confidence because I struggled so much and for so long. And so I would uh I would preach and teach the best I knew how and then I'd have the people come down to have hands laid on them and I'd take my jacket off and roll up my sleeves
1: <laughs>
0: You know I tarried for years Huh <laughs> and finally got a hold and so I you know I I'd, I'd pray and, and 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 you know everything I knew to do and sometimes the people receive and sometimes they didn't and and so uh, uh, on one occasion I was getting ready to do this again I took off my jacket and, and rolled up my sleeves and here we we going you know it's going it's going be a job and and the the Spirit of God checked me and said stop stop uh, okay I backed up of course they're, they're standing there waiting to be prayed for and, and uh, the uh, the Spirit of God prompted me and said, Don't touch them. Just uh, speak, you know, lead them in a prayer to receive Jesus. You want to make sure that they've, they've done that. And then speak and say, uh, Receive the Holy Spirit and then step back and get out of my way.
1: <laughs>
0: did you Did you hear that? I thought, and, and, and just do nothing? Well, am I the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? No, I'm not. Now you're laughing, but have you ever tried to do something that wasn't your job? Huh? Have you ever? I know, yeah, you have. And so the Lord's endeavoring to show me something. I thought, well, don't even touch them. Now, it's right to lay hands on people, but the Lord's showing me something. He said, uh, back up and say, receive the Holy Spirit and, and and step back out of my way. Well, I paused for a minute and I thought, well, okay, okay. And, and your mind's going, well, here goes nothing, you know. <laughs> but my heart chose to believe better than that. And so uh, I did. I said, um, Receive the Holy Spirit. And I actually took a step back. (laughs) That's what he said, get out of the way. And I mean, just like that, they started speaking in tongues. I thought, Whoo! I have been in the way. Through all my efforts and all my trying to to, to make it happen, I have been in the way. I, I said all that to say this. What are you relying on to accomplish it? What are you relying on? You know? Pushing people back and forth and yelling and perspiring? Volume? Huh? What 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 are you relying on? See, it can be a lot of flesh. Yes. Are y'all with me, friends? Yeah. It can be a lot of flesh and a lot of human natural thing. Is that what's going to get the job done? No. Does that heal people? Does that deliver people? Does that get people saved, born again? No. with it? No, no. There's a part we have, but then you come to a part where uh, now it's God's part. Amen. Right? Yeah. I, I can't do it, and I don't need to try to do it. I need to expect... Him to do it. Amen. Come on, y'all, with me. Faith in the power. Come on, say that loud. Faith in the power. Faith in the power. See, every believer, according to Mark 16, can lay hands on the sick. That's right. right? And the Lord said, they shall recover. But does that mean that you, you push and and you squeeze and you perspire and you and you yell? At, no, no, you, you just do what he said. Lay hands on the sick, pray a prayer of faith, and then do what? Get out of the way and expect the Lord to do it. There comes a point where you need to quit trying to do it and expect him to do it expect him to do it said out loud again i have faith, I have faith. In, the in the power of god wasn't that what uh uh, Paul was saying he wasn't reliant. He had a lot of education. He spoke multiple languages. He grew up at the feet of Gamaliel, who was the premier uh, theology teacher of the whole region and greatly respect. He had the natural credentials. He had the scholastic credentials. He, he obviously was a speaker. I mean, the, Lord, the Spirit of God used him to pen over half the New Testament. I mean, uh, brilliant, amazing, uh, eloquent, all of that. But what did he say? I wasn't relying on that. Hmm? I wasn't relying on how I could speak. Or I, He said, I don't want your faith to be in what I know and how I can talk. I don't want your faith to be in the wisdom of men. I want your faith to be in the power of God. Well, can you see, that's faith in God, not just relying on man. Depending on God, not just depending on man. Depending on the spirit, not depending on flesh. Go with me, if you would, to uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, the 12th chapter. In the last uh, verse here, 12 and 31, he said, 12, 31, but covet Earnestly, the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And he goes into talking about love. Uh, Listen to the uh, other translations. Today's English says, Set your hearts then on the more important gifts. The Dewey translation says, Be zealous. For the better or the greater gifts. The complete Jewish Bible says eagerly seek the, the better, the greater gifts. Said out loud. Eagerly seek. Eagerly seek. Z- be, zealous be zealous for. Desire. Desire, Desire what? The, the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. That's what he's been talking about in this 12th chapter the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. These things don't just happen or manifest independently of us. Whether we want them or not is a factor in them showing up. Are y'all with me church? Why am I teaching about it? Why are we talking about it? You know we saw in Isaiah 40 that uh uh, the scripture said, the Young's Literal Translation says, uh, King James says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, the Young's Literal says, those who expect Jehovah will pass to power or to strength. You have to expect something in order for it to show up in your life. It's not, it, that did not just happen for everybody. The same. you, you must uh, pursue it, and, and here we see a, a very similar thing. You must desire it, and you must be zealous for it. That means you've got some, uh, some, some strong desire and even passion for and about it. About what? The gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's no wonder that there is such a dearth and a lack of, of these things in the church, because most churches, you never even hear about these things. I'm talking about being filled with the Spirit. I'm talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about the nine manifestations of the Spirit that's in this chapter. You won't even hear about it. Well, if nobody ever hears about it, how are they going to be hungry for it? Right? If you don't even if you don't even believe they're for you today. Why should you want them? Why should you desire them? Do we need to know about these things, church?
1: Amen.
0: Back up in the chapter then. Let's let's stir ourselves up. How many would agree with the Bible that we should earnestly desire these things? Hmm? Well, are you going to agree with the Lord on this? And say, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to earnestly desire this. Uh, in the 12th chapter... And the first verse, and I'm going to read this to you from the, um, let's see, the Young's literal translation, because there's a number of things uh, that to me are more accurate here. He said, concerning the spiritual things, brethren, I do not wish you to be ignorant. Now, the word gifts is not here. In the first verse, there's one reason I bring that up, because he talks about more than gifts. And you'll see that in just a moment. He does include it, but there's more than that. And verse 1 is talking about all of it. You have known that you were nations unto the dumb idols as you were led being carried away. Therefore, I give you to understand that no one in the Spirit of God speaking says Jesus is anathema or accursed. And no one is able to say Jesus is Lord. And again, that's speaking by the Spirit except in the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, one of the key words here is able. You'll find that the word power... uh, Our text that said that your faith would stand in the power of God, that's the Greek word dunamis. And it means force or energy. It it literally means also power that makes possible, power that makes you able, power that makes it possible. For something to happen. And so here it says you're not able to say Jesus is Lord. And again, this is spiritual things. Uh, Anybody could just say off the top of their head Jesus is Lord and not believe it or not mean it. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about somebody is supposedly prophesying. By an unction or by an anointing. If somebody is really prophesying by the Holy Spirit, they are never going to say anything ill or disrespectful of Jesus. Can you see that? And if they're prophesying by a wrong spirit, they're never going to say Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Can you see that? He And so... I mean, from the beginning of the chapter here, you'll see that one of the key indicators that something really is a true manifestation of the Holy Spirit, it glorifies Jesus, Amen. the head of the church. It doesn't just draw attention to men and women; it glorifies Jesus, Amen. the head of the church. Keep keep reading. He said, uh, "There are diversities of gifts." And this is the word gifts. And the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministrations. Or we might also say ministries. But the same Lord. And there are diversities of workings. Now that's one of the reasons I wanted you to see um, the Young's literal. Because he's consistent with the way this word is translated. Where in the King James, what does it say? Uh, Operations. And then it's a different word later in the text and even a different one later. But workings is an accurate word. Diversities of workings. It's the same God who is working the all in all. Can you see there's an emphasis on working here? And uh, verse 7, To each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit, For profit, or to profit with all, for for the good of all the church. Each one is given manifestations of the Spirit. Say it out loud, each one. one. Another way to say that is everyone. Each one of us uh, is to have manifestations of the Spirit. In our life, which includes manifestations of power. Each one of us, every one of us, are to have manifestations of miraculous power and spiritual things that are beyond the ordinary and beyond the natural. Everyone, everyone, not just preachers and teachers, everyone. Can, can you say it out loud? Everyone, everyone, everyone. To each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for profit or to profit withal. And then he goes on to list nine different manifestations. To one, through the Spirit, has been given a word of wisdom, not the gift of wisdom. That's incorrect. Not the gift of wisdom or the gift of knowledge, a word. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. Right? Not a page, not a paragraph. A word. Right? Why? A word of what? Wisdom. Of the wisdom of God's wisdom has to do also with his plan. And it has to do with wisdom sees the, the outcome. Wisdom sees what's happening, where it's going, and how it's going to wind up. Do we need to know anything about that? Yes. About where things are going to wind up? And do we need to know anything about the plan of God? Yes. Well, by the Spirit of God, you can have revealed to you a part of of his plan. are a part of his wisdom. That will illuminate you. You didn't learn it. You didn't figure it out. No human told you. You didn't know it. And now you do. The Lord revealed it to you. You'll find that in these nine manifestations. Three of them. Reveal something. Three of them are utterance. They say something. And three of them are power. They do something. Now, we're still talking about power, aren't we? Yes. And, and, of course, just knowing something from God is empowerment, yes. enlightenment, empowerment, and being anointed to say something. That's empowerment. So he said, to one, through the Spirit's given a, a, a word of wisdom, to another, a word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. These are two Of the three revelation manifestations, that you know something, you're aware of something, and you 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 see wisdom in the plan of God by revelation. Verse nine. To another, faith in the same spirit. Now, this is not faith that comes by hearing. Are y'all with me, friends? That not that that's also called the common faith. Some translations label this special faith. Why would you do that? Because this is a power manifestation. This is an anointing, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that comes on you. And all at once, what you felt like five minutes ago, you could no way believe for, now you can. It looks easy. And when when this kind of thing's manifesting in your life, you know ahead of time what God's going to do. And it seems like you can't even doubt it. It's just so so strong. It's a manifestation of the Spirit. To another, gifts of healings, both are plural. In the same Spirit, this is a power manifestation. Power to heal, power to deliver, and keep going. And to another, in workings, or workings, that's why I want you to see Young's literal, because this is the same word we just saw previously about their different kind of workings, but the same God, and he works all in all. And here is that word again, workings of mighty deeds. Workings, what does King James say? Working of miracles. And that's that same word, faith in the power, that's that word dunamis. Working of dunamis, working of divine force, working of power that makes possible. Do we see evidence of these things in the scriptures? Do we? Has God changed? Is he still interested in in, in workings of miracles? Manifestations like this today. Who can expect to have a manifestation of the Spirit in the church? Each one. Every one for the profiting of the whole. In workings of mighty deeds to another prophecy, that's an utterance one. To another discerning of spirits, that's the third uh, revelation one. And to another kinds of tongues and another interpretation of tongues, that's the two other utterance. Three that say something. Three that reveal something. Three that do something. Now, each one of these would warrant camping on for some length of time. But we're talking today about power. Right? That's right. Somebody say power. power. I have faith. I have faith. In the, power in the power of God. Well, if you have faith in the power of God, you believe in the reality of these manifestations. Yeah. You believe that there is a manifestation of faith in power. You believe there's a manifestation of healings in power. You believe there's a manifestation of workings of miracles in power. You read it. Do you believe it? Yes. Do you care whether you have it or not?
1: Yes.
0: That's weak. Do, do you care? Yes. Do we as a church care? Yes. Whether we have these manifested in our lives or are we content to just come and sit for a few minutes and make a few notes and hear about some Greek definitions? Huh? Do we do we desire? Are we hungry for some manifestations of the Spirit? Manifestation of the Holy Spirit is not something I can produce. It's not something you can produce. Only the Holy Spirit can do this. But He wants to do it. He wants to do things. He wants each one of us To have at different times and places, different ones of these showing up in our life. It can be on a Monday morning at work and all at once you know something that you had no way of knowing. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Right? You're endeavoring to pray with somebody that's got a hopeless situation and you've been hungry and believing for these kind of things and all at once your faith seemed weak but all at once from the Lord comes a faith that's beyond what you've experienced before and you get bold as a lion and you just know that you know that this is going to happen right now. Are these valuable? See, when the Lord tells us covet these earnestly would he tell you to earnestly desire something that there's not much to it that it's no big deal what does it let us know these are big they're big in the church they're big to god they're big in the kingdom and the reality is is there a lot of situations we are not going to see good results unless we have some of these No matter what we do or try to do, there are numerous situations we got to have these or we're not going to see the kind of results that are possible. Said out loud by faith, I believe, I believe in, the in the power of God. I believe, I believe in, the in the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And, I and I greatly desire them. I'm hungry, for them. I'm hungry for them. Come on, let's say it as the church here in Sarasota and as the church in Branson. Let's let the Lord hear our voices together. Say it out loud, Lord. Lord we are hungry for these things. We, are for Jesus. we desire, them. We, desire. We want them. we want them. Teach us about them. Teach us about Show, them. Us to to Show us how to yield to your Spirit. We ask for them. We ask for them. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Now, if we mean that, we'll remember it tomorrow. Amen. Right? And the next day. And the next day. And Thursday afternoon, we'll go, thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. I'm still hungry for gifts of the Spirit. I'm still hungry for manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Go to John, the second chapter. Let me uh, remind you of some manifestations. You will see all the manifestations that that he mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 12 of the Holy Spirit. You'll see them all through the Bible, including the Old Testament and the ministry of Jesus and the book of Acts, uh, with the exception... Of tongues and interpretation of tongues. You won't see that in the Old Testament. And you don't see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's something distinctive uh, of this age. And that, that began in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. But uh, the others, you'll see them. All through the scriptures. And when it says working of miracles are working Of power. That's that same word, dunamis. What does that mean? Working of power. There is a human involvement in the manifestation of it. We can't produce it, but we have to cooperate with it. In uh, John 2, we have the instance of the first miracle. In the ministry of Jesus. Anybody remember what it was? John 2. The scripture tells us that uh, verse 1, the third day there was a marriage in Cain of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. Uh, One translation says, what is that to us? And obviously at this point, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see him do. So obviously at this point, he has no direction about that. And so he's saying, what is that to us? This is something to to keep in mind. Did you hear what we just quoted? That's from John 5, I believe it is. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. These manifestations of the Spirit are not a gift that you possess and then you can go work a miracle when you want to. Oh, no. No, 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 no. This is a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. You you hunger after it. You desire it. And you stay open and responsive and flexible. Y'all with me, church? And then when the Lord prompts you to do something, you do your part. You do what he told you to do. And then what do you do? <laughs> it's time for the power to show up. Come on. Can you see that? But the Lord is not going to just back any idea you come up with off the top of your head. That's not how it works. He's Lord, not you. He's leading, not you. So here, uh, Jesus' mother said to the servants, well, whatever he says to you, do it. And this is a major key for getting a miracle. It, It really is just that simple. Well, can you see that this confirms what we've been talking about? It didn't say whatever you decide to do, go for it and he'll back it up. No, no. Whatever he says to you. So you're going to have to hear from him first. Whatever he says to you, do it. So prayer, communion with God, spending some time praying in the spirit, paying attention, listening is a big factor in having miracles in your life and manifestations of the spirit whatever he says to you do it and uh, there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece Jesus said to them fill the water pots with water so he heard something he said I only say what I hear the father say I only do what I see him do He, he heard something he got something So that's what he told them. Go fill these water pots. Now, everybody say working Working. of miracles. miracles. See, God didn't just do this independently of them. What's working is going on. He told Jesus something to tell them to do, and they could have argued and fussed and said they were too busy or whatever, but they didn't. They did what he said. And the, and you couldn't just get the water hose and drop it in them and turn on the the faucet. That's right. You had to go and draw the water out of the well. And these were big pots, and there were several of them. Uh, you'd work up a sweat doing this. <laughs> and you're also supposed to be taking care of the party. But that's why Jesus' mother turned around and said to him, "Now, whatever he says to you, uh, just go ahead and do it." And so when he says this, they're looking at each other and they thought, I'm sure they're thinking, why? We don't need water. Why? And we can do this after the party, you know. Why? But that's why she had told them, just do it. Just do it. This is how you get miracles. So they did it and they did it right. They filled them right up to the brim. Verse 9 all right rather he said, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast well see there's still some work that they're doing they're still involved in this so they had to draw it out and take it to the governor you put it in the nice cup and it's just h2o but they're taking it anyway and presenting it like it's something else. verse nine. The ruler of the feast tasted the water that was made one. Whoa, 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 whoa. When did that happen? When did that happen? Knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Keep going. He said, every man at the beginning does set forth the good wine. When men have well drunk, then that which is worse. You have kept the good wine until now. And you'd be sure all the guys that filled the water pots, they looked at each other and went, They knew it was H2O. They put it in there. Somebody say power. 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 Power that makes possible. Power that makes possible. Was, was there a working of miracles here? Yes. Obviously. Were they involved in it? Yes. Somebody had to hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? And then somebody had to act on it when it didn't make sense to their minds. Can you see that? And follow it all the way to completion. And it happened in a way and so quick that they didn't know when it happened. They were shocked when they saw results. Obvious they didn't do it. And yet they had a part to play. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Look with me at another one or two here. Do you have time? Because what are we doing? We're stirring ourselves up to desire these things. Are you hungry? Uh, I, I mean, when the Lord did that, is that is, is he done now? He doesn't want to do a miracle again. He's he did them way back there, and then he, he's tired of them. No, no. Look in Second Kings, the sixth chapter. This this is interesting too. You remember that when God called Moses and Aaron to lead his people out of Egyptian bondage, that he used Moses and his staff. You remember that? He'd tell him, throw your staff down. He would tell him, reach your staff out this way. Now, this is where some of the perverted, distorted stuff goes all the way back to there, to people developing wands and all kind of stuff and sticks that's supposed to have power. No, dear child, the power wasn't in the stick. (laughs) The power was in God. Was then, is now. Well, then, why involve the stick? Said out loud, working, workings of miracles. Actually, faith and obedience are connected. The scripture talks about mixing faith with the power. And you'll see in Jesus' ministry, it was when people reached out and touched him, or touched his garment, their touch connected and power manifested. We talked about this, that electricity is God's power in the natural. And you learn a whole lot of things about the source power, spirit power from God. It operates by similar principles. And the scripture said in Jesus' own hometown, he could there do no mighty work. That, that word mighty work, that's that same word, dunamis, miracles. He couldn't, they, they didn't have any big power manifestations in his own hometown. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Their unbelief wouldn't conduct the power of God. Right. Their unbelief was insulating them yes. from miracles. Amen. I don't want to be insulated from miracles. I want to contact miracles. I want miracles to flow into men, through men, right? Well, faith is conductive. Unbelief is insulating from these things. Now, uh, notice this. uh, Moses' staff was obviously about stretch it out, do this, throw it down, pick it back up. Is, is Moses involved in the process? Yeah, the obedience and the faith was, was the point of releasing and connecting and contacting. But Moses didn't do those things. He, he didn't split the Red Sea. Right? He didn't do all that. God's power did that. When Moses obeyed in faith, expecting it to happen. Here's an interesting thing here, working on miracles, Second Kings 6.5. It says, one was felling a beam, and the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. Back then, metal was precious. Uh, and if you had a really nice metal axe head, it was worth money. And that's why this guy had borrowed somebody's. And apparently, in chopping down a tree, the axe head slipped off and went into a body of water. Well, bloop, (laughs) right? He went to the bottom. And he he said, oh, no, it's not mine. I borrowed that. And the man of God was there, the prophet. He said, where did it go in? Why do you care? Where did it go in? Now, now here again, whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. What if the prophet had gotten nothing from the Spirit of God? Well, then the ax head's gone. Huh? No need standing around the pond, rebuking and binding for three days. Y'all with me or not? See, so people have made a lot of mistakes in these areas. Well, I'm just going to believe that we find it. Based on what? I said, based on what? Well, we need it. That's not how faith comes. It's by needing something. I got to have it. I don't have the money. That produces no faith at all. Faith is not based on need. It's certainly not desperation. Are you all with me, church? These are things we need to know. We need to be able to distinguish. Yes. Yeah. Why is this in the book? Because the man of God heard something. Can you see this? Yes. He got something in his spirit about this axe head. And, and what did he get? Where is it at? Where did it go in? He said, right over there. And he showed him the place. He cut down a stick. Why? 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 He saw it. He heard it. He's a man of God. He's aware of spiritual things. He hears from God. He saw this. He got this. He took the stick and he threw it toward the spot where the axe head went in. And the iron axe head swam to the top. (laughs) (laughs) To the stick. Now, a lot of people see that and they go, no, no, that didn't happen. Then you don't believe in the power of God. You have a form of godliness, but you deny the power. You don't believe in the real power. Come on, if God can create planets. He created this thing with a molten core of iron and whatever else. I reckon he could handle a few ounces. (laughs) Come on. You think, well, that's impossible. No, don't be so haughty. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's impossible. God could have Michael or one of the angels write out the mathematical equations exactly what happened on this. Now, you probably couldn't understand it. But God knows how to do it. He created Gravity. He created the density of air and water and the properties. I'm sure to him it was a really easy thing. Simple, easy, easy. And the iron did swim. Now here's something interesting. Then he said to him, well, get it. <laughs> Why? Because... He ain't never seen an iron axe head swim before. He's like, ah, comes up like a bass. And the prophet had to tell him, well, get it. Put your hand in there and get it.
1: <laughs>
0: Come on, somebody say, I have faith, I have faith. In, the power of God. in the power of God. But why did the Lord do it this way? Show me where it went in. Throw a stick right at it. Why? Why? Why do it like that? Can you see? He had to have heard or seen something in his spirit. And then he just acted out what he saw. Well, see, that's what the Lord himself did. That's what he said. I just do what I see the Father do. He's talking about the Father in me. He does the works. Uh, Skip over to uh, back rather to the fourth chapter. Let's look at one more. The fourth chapter of 2 Kings, this is an interesting thing. There was a drought in the land, and there was no food to eat. 2 Kings 4.38. 4.38. thirty-eight. Second Kings 4.38. Elisha came to Gilgal. There was darth or drought in the land. The sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said to his servant, Set on the great pot and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. Now again, why would he do that? There's nothing to eat. But faith gets ready. And he obviously saw this. One went out to the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine. Gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full and came and shred them into the pot. Uh, pot of pottage for they knew them not they didn't know what it was but it looked like it would be okay and they shredded them and put them in the pot so they poured out for the men to eat and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage they cried out and said oh man of God there's death in the pot somebody figured out it's poisonous and they could not eat thereof and he said bring me some meal." We might say flour, whether it was wheat flour or corn flour. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, okay, pour it out to the people so they can eat. (laughs) Well, he found out if they trusted him or not. (laughs) But they obviously had seen him, hearing from God and acting on it, and they all just filled up the bowls and ate, and there was no harm in the pot. Is that power? Power overcame uh, the lack of buoyancy in the iron and how it displaces water. Something happened beyond that to cause that iron to come up. And something changed on the molecular level in this pot of stew uh, so that what was poisonous is no longer poisonous. Do you remember uh, Paul got snake bit one time? Remember that? Yes. And everybody around him that lived there, they thought for sure he's about to swell up, fall down, and die. Because that's this snake, you die when it bites you. But he didn't even swell up. He didn't even get sick. See, that's part of the scripture. These signs will follow them that believe. Amen. Is that right? Yes. And if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They'll take up serpents. Now that's just not tempting God, but you get bid or something like that happen, and he had no, he couldn't go to the emergency room. There was no emergency room. There, there was nothing that could help him. Everybody thought he's dead. But some the power of God manifested in his blood and in his body and neutralized those toxins. That's what happened in this pot. And keep reading and you'll see a precedent. For what happened in Jesus' ministry. Uh, Keep reading. Where where are we? He said, uh, there came a man from Baal, uh, Shalashah. Now this is also, there's drought in the land. There's no food. But he brought the man of God bread of first fruits, 20 loaves of barley, and full ears of corn in the husk there. So he found some food. Now it was not nearly enough. But he found some and he brought it. And uh, he said, give to the people that they may eat. This sounds for me to have everybody sit down, right? Yeah, but this is not just have everybody sit down. Verse forty-three, and he said, uh, "What should I set these before a hundred men?" He said, "Give the people that they may eat." For thus saith the Lord, they shall eat, and they will leave thereof; there will be leftovers. And so he set it before them, and they did eat. And they left thereof according to the word of the Lord. This is a long time before the multiplying of the loaves and fishes. Can you see that? God's been doing this kind of thing throughout the centuries. His power is still here, it's still available for those that believe in it and those who desire it. If you desire it, stand up. If you desire these things. Now one of the things that you'll notice in 1 Corinthians uh, 12. He didn't just say that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. For your own personal entertainment. (laughs) It's given, one translation says, for the good of the whole church. And the implication is uh, to benefit Everybody, not just you, to benefit people around about you. And so many times if if folks are uh, thinking, you know, I I want this manifestation. They're thinking about themselves. And somebody will be impressed that this happened with me or that God used me in this. you got to die to that stuff. I said you need to die to that stuff. No, you just want them to happen. Right? And you're not trying trying to tell the Lord who they should happen through and how they should happen. Now you know you should have some of them too. But don't just try to dictate to him that you want this to happen or this, this way. You don't know. You don't know exactly what needs to happen. What you want is people to get saved. You want people to find out God is real. You, you want people to get delivered from bondages and addictions and habits. You want people to be healed from incurable and terminal diseases. Is that right? You, you want people's needs to be met. And you know that we we need these things to accomplish some of that. I mean, some of these things will not happen without manifestations of the Spirit. Hold up your hand again and say, Father God, I worship You. I adore You. I believe in You. I trust You. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. And I present myself a vessel you can use. Thank you for hearing my prayers and teaching us about these things. We desire, we hunger for the manifestations of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving them to us and get glory to yourself In the church. church. By Christ Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you you, Lord. All the workers would you come down to the front. Let's lift up our hands and give thanks to God. Lord we worship.